are back. It is the Atlantic Division. We are previewing the Atlantic Division. I'm Hami Rain with Adam Shalfu. Uh, I almost called you Alan there. Uh, hey, like you, much like the Jurassic Park guy, I think there's an Alan in Jurassic Park, and we are talking about the Raptors yeah. today, so it works. That is correct, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually amazing how they became uh, that team, that their name because of that movie. Right? That's basically one time. Like the yeah. Anaheim Ducks, right? Yeah, that's, something like that. Yeah, they they uh, were inspired by the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park, which uh, I think, yeah, very cool. Is there, I mean, that's first of all, I want to mention like I remember the 2019 Finals. I'm sure you it wasn't that long ago. The the Raptors, their fan, they give they did a great job with their fans and everything. Like that was honestly they handled like getting to the finals, doing all that stuff as well as any team I've ever honestly like you know just like they just seemed to embrace it and all that stuff. And you know the uh, they had amazing shirts like shirt giveaways. And basically, uh-huh. one of their shirts was like every single logo of the Raptors into one shirt. And it was just beautiful. I was just like, I love seeing that, like, in the crowd, you know? Everyone wearing the same kind of shirt, and the shirt's fucking dope, you know? Yeah, honestly, that was um, one of the coolest seasons for me as a sports fan. You know, I I didn't know how to feel because, unlike a lot of people, I really enjoyed those Warriors teams. And so I wasn't rooting against those guys, you know? Um, I am a Steph Curry fan. I am a Clay Thompson fan and I am a Steve Kerr fan. Uh, and so I didn't jump ship when Kevin Durant got there uh, just because Kevin Durant got there. And even this stuff with like Draymond Green. Yeah, he, he's kicked some people in the penis and stuff before. But I mean, I enjoy his play. And, you know, I don't know if it was an intentional. Some people deserve to be kicked in the yeah. I mean, Some people deserve to be kicked in the ground, though, you know. Steve I don't know about Steven Adams. Adams. So some guys in the league yeah, He's a very you know, nice Steve guy. Adams, yeah. He doesn't deserve <laughs> was, to be kicked in the penis. That was hilarious. That was hilarious how that went down those like couple games in that series. But I think it was just uh, an unintentional team. penis kick, you know? And so anyway, I'm kinda, motion, yeah, yeah I, I think I'm, I'm getting off topic a little bit there, but um, I guess what oh, I'm trying like, to uh, I'm, I'm totally with you on that point. You know, I was talking about the Raptors and Warriors series. Cause that I like both teams and it was team. so cool. I, it love, was like yeah. a no, I mean, like I, I love both teams as well. And I was kind of, you know, when Durant was not playing, I would have loved to see the Warriors come back, especially when they were down 3-1. They could have come back and won because all that would have been validated. But uh, I've, I, you know, you know me. I love that team. And, like, you know, that franchise has seen so much shit, you know, and they've been yeah. you know, historically even worse than the Bulls. So you're seeing that five-year run from a team that kind of popped out of nowhere was honestly fucking amazing. I, it was actually something I would, I would love to see. And I, and I loved it. It was the same team that had the We Believe Warriors. And that was just, you know, really cool that that fan, the fans got to experience both of those, like, really fun, the funnest teams, really, of, like, those decades. But, yeah, going into the Atlantic Division. So now we're going into the Raptors won that championship. And it was, it was amazing, you know. And yeah. both teams, I love both those teams, like you mentioned. And uh, that's, that's why I just did not want to take any game for granted, mm-hmm. that series. Uh, just watching every game. And it was just, it was just beautiful beautiful series great basketball and just like great like you know intensity and there's there a lot of drama and controversy you know the, remember the owner the part owner of the Warriors pushing Lowry in that one game um and Lowry man he was amazing man he was he was unbelievable in that finals uh anyways so uh let, let, we'll start with five I think we have the same team at five and it's a New York team but yeah not the, one, not the, not the one that's been getting a lot of media this year yeah the one with coach T uh, a familiar back 
Yeah, and you know what? I like Thibodeau, and I think that uh, before I go ahead and rip the Knicks, I'm just going to say that, uh, you know, the other night, I, I put money on the Knicks to win because it was a preseason game. It was against the Cavs. Uh, they won by about 1,000. I can pull up the actual score. Uh, but the reason I did that is because Thibodeau doesn't take it easy. Uh, whether it's a preseason game or whether it's the NBA playoffs, his team is going to bring the energy. I haven't forgotten about the 2014 I have a problem with the 2014 NBA preseason champion, Chicago Bulls, undefeated, 8-0. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, obvi- obviously the Knicks, they're on paper not a great team, but he's going to get the absolute most out of them. And, uh, you know, they only played the Cavs and the Pistons in the preseason, uh, but they didn't win that game, 119-83. to And it's it's a good fit for New York because I feel like this is a team that didn't really have much spirit and you bring a guy who is really good at developing young players, especially guards. And you look at New York's roster and they have some guys who could still pan out. They're young, uh, Alfred Payton, Frank Nicolita, uh, Dennis Smith jr. And so I'm, I'm interested to see what he does with them. And then you look at, you know, RJ Barrett could still be a really nice player. He has had his moments. Uh, I'm not, crazy about Kevin Knox but even like you know Obi Topin he, he could be a really good player and I'm still kind of surprised he dropped that far and then Mitchell Robinson's one of the best young defensive centers in the NBA and so as much as I don't think this team is going to like there's no way in hell they make the playoffs they just don't have the horses for it but they're going to be a good ish team like they're not going to suck ass the same way that they've sucked ass uh for so long Yeah, it'll just be like kind of like a normal Knicks season, right? You know, it's uh, not great, not bad, you know, uh, and uh, just kind of in the middle towards the bottom. But unfortunately, they're going to have to be number five because this division, I, I know I mentioned the Southwest division was tough, but man, this division is, this is this is a tough division to predict here. Yeah, going in, I knew who was at the top and I knew who was at the bottom. Uh, and I'm interested to see, you know, RJ Barrett was, he was decent last year. He had like 14 and a half points per game um he's a he's super young you know he's 20 years old and uh you know you want to see him bring those three-point shooting numbers up a little bit he shot around 32 percent uh Obi Topin needs to become a better defender but the Knicks have the right guy uh coaching that team to improve on some of their weaknesses especially when you talk about uh having young guys uh who kind of need to just grow some teeth and then just having guys who need to turn into better defenders. And so, um, yeah, they're, they're going to take steps forward and, uh, much like the bulls and the bulls have a much better roster than the Knicks. So it's not a similar situation, but much like the bulls, they need to become a respectable franchise again. And so, um, I'm happy for coach T that he gets an opportunity to do this because he's been a really good coach. And I think that almost in a weird way, gets underlooked now because when, when people think about Tom Thibodeau, they think about, you know, playing guys too many minutes or whatever. And uh, you know how he didn't really last in Minnesota, but the fact of the matter is apart from the 19 and 21 uh, season that obviously got shut, cut short for him in 2018, 19, he's never had 
Uh, well, I guess the, the first year in Minnesota, but he's never had a like legit losing season. You know, he had that 31 and 51 year with the Timberwolves, but he got the Bulls in the playoffs every single year. And even when, you know, their best players were out, he found a way to adapt. He turned Joe Kim Noah into a passer. You know, he uh, revitalized Eric Rose's career in Minnesota, got a 50 point game out of him. I think that he is, uh, a, he's a good coach and uh, it, it's a shame that his reputation doesn't really match up as that anymore. And a lot of people weren't crazy about the hire, but it's, it's what the Knicks need right now. And if you think about when the Knicks have been successful as a franchise, it's when they've had that, uh, toughness mentality. And I'm thinking back to the 99 Knicks that were uh, super kind of nasty, you know, um, and then the bad boy Knicks with Pat Riley in the, in the early nineties too, before it was the, uh, Jeff Van Gundy show. And so I think he fits what they are as far as an identity goes, uh, historically. And I'm always going to root for him because he is, uh, behind, uh, Phil Jackson, my favorite Bulls coach of all time. Question, would you root for him if John Starks was an assistant coach? Nope. Hate him. Uh, my hatred for John Starks, yeah, <laughs> it goes back to the second grade when uh, – or maybe it was the first grade, but it was when, you know, Tony Kukoc gets traded for John Starks. You know, I always <laughs> talk about how angry I was, and that was, like, very early in my uh, time. I think I was yeah, seven years old. Yeah, I used to wear the Kukoc jersey. My school picture from first or second grade, I'm wearing the fucking Kukoc jersey. And then I, it was the first time I learned, like, that players could be traded. You know, I remember my dad telling me, he's like, yeah, Tony Kukoc isn't <laughs> on the Bulls anymore. And I am, I think it's some sick joke, you know. And uh, I remember I, I remember around that time. I remember when he was on the Bucks, And I remember thinking how backwards it felt. I actually went to a Bulls game around then, and he was on the Bucks. He was on the visiting team. The crowd was going crazy. Yeah, Kukoc, yeah, uh, you're saying. Yeah, one of the all-time. Yeah, Kukoc, yeah, when he was playing on the Bucks, I went to a Bulls and Bucks game in, in Chicago, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he got a rousing ovation, and I remember thinking it was very weird. Yeah, I mean, uh, but but well-earned, you know. And um, oh, yeah. It's like the fact that he wasn't on the Bulls, you know, and like I've oh, always known yeah. him as, like, as a Bull, you know. Whenever uh, I would he, play video games as a kid, I would always trade him back to the team. Where's Tony Kukoc? Let me get him. You, <laughs> you know, know, I actually played uh, NBA Live 01 or 02 or something like that recently. What was uh, he on the Atlanta ago. Hawks or something there? Something like that. But I got, I put him back on the Bulls. I put Scotty back on the Bulls. Michael, of course. You know, Michael, this is like his comeback. This is his first time on, on NBA Live. The 02. Amazing. NBA Live 02, probably. Because he came back. And he, he was back in the NBA Live. And it, was, it was amazing. I was like, I need to get this game. And uh, I'm borrowing my cousin's PS2 um, because I, you know, I, I don't have my, my OG one, but uh, I still have that game. And so I put it in and yeah, uh, Jordan, Pippen, Kukoc. Uh, and I think I put like Oakley back. Oakley was already back on the Bulls. Yeah. He was already. Uh, and then uh, I don't know who my center was. It, it could have been like Tyson Chandler or something like that. Or maybe not even because he probably wouldn't have been there then. But like uh, my point guard was Steve Kerr, of course, you know. You gotta love that. Yeah, I, I, I traded him back to the Bulls too. I think he was on the uh, he was on the Spurs or something like that in two thousand three. Yeah, that sounds about right. Would have been very old Steve Kerr. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I you know, let's move on to the number fourteen. This is where it gets really interesting. Sorry, right, next. 
But uh, this is where it gets super interesting because I think, you know, what, we got the Sixers or the Raptors. Those are the two choices that I'm thinking here. And I feel like it's going to be the Raptors. I think you could even say it's the Celtics, right? I mean, it is incredibly difficult. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I mean, especially with Kemba out for the first, you know, month, it could be a month and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I think that all these teams get better. Uh, I don't know how much. I think the Celtics don't necessarily get better, but they get more balanced. It's really hard to bet against Nick Nurse because, like, I look at that roster and I'm like, okay, this this team is, like, solid. It's really good. But then I have to think back to the fact that the Raptors overperform every single year uh, since he's been there. And so, um, you know, and Fred Van Vliet continues to get better. And so, yeah, it's it's incredibly difficult. What? Who do you have it, it for? Oh, man. See, because I, I was thinking Celtics, too. But I, I just don't know yet. Um, and the Sixers, it's like even the fourth spot in this division could be a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, I, so, I mean, I think it is. I think, <laughs> I, frankly, I'd be shocked. I think the Knicks are the only team in the division that don't make the playoffs. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I suppose I could see the Celtics there. I, I think I would put Boston there, and then yeah. maybe like Philly third. I think Doc Boston. Rivers uh, is a better coach than Brett Brown, and I think people forget how close the Sixers were to beating the Raptors to go to the championship that we mentioned earlier in this show. And so I feel good about that. I can go ahead and yeah, let's put the Celtics there at four. Yeah, Celtics at four. Uh, yeah, and the Celtics are are, are tough. You know, uh, they kind of. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I hate saying downgraded, but it's like they, you know, like you said, they they went like a little more balanced into the roster. Uh, they did not draft Paul Reed, who I think would have been great for them, but uh, it's okay. Paul Reed's in a good situation. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you know, you got Marcus Smart. You know, he's always going to be good for you, and you know, the two J's, right? And you also see this talk about people are like saying, should they trade Jalen Brown and see what they can get out of him for a no. better fit? No. You don't think so? All right. Uh, I so, mean, because I, mean, I think they're four, they're four guys are pretty good. You know, they got Kemba. Yeah. I don't think they Martin, need to change much. I mean, they got uh, Gordon Hayward out of there and like Gordon Hayward is a really, he's a better player than Tristan Thompson, but they needed a Tristan Thompson. And so it's interesting. And that's what I mean when I say that they didn't get better. Like they probably got a little worse, but you know, I I do expect Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum to continue to improve. And they both had really nice seasons last year. Jalen Brown really impressed the the hell out of me. Everyone talked about Jason Tatum, Um, but you know, Jalen Brown had a really nice year and is developing into uh, the player that you need him to be, but the underrated and underappreciated piece of this team is going to be Tristan Thompson, 12 points, 10 rebounds a game. You have a guy who can guard Bam Adebayo. You have a guy who can, you know, uh, be a big body against Joel Embiid. And um, I mean, no disrespect to Daniel Tice. Maybe it's not going to be enough, right? Uh, But it's an upgrade at the center position and it's more of a, uh, a bruiser down low, a guy who can really, uh, can, can, I guess, hold his own. And, uh, 
I don't know. I guess he's not that much bigger than Daniel Tice. I thought he was a little bit bigger. Tice is six eight. Thompson is six nine, but they got exposed uh, with the the lack of size they had in the post, and also just kind of having to be forced to have like three small forwards on the floor at once when it was Hayward, um, Brown, and Tatum. That being said, now you have less ball handlers, so I, I do think we're doing the right thing having the Celtics at four here. Maybe they do get a little worse. Yeah, and like, you know, Tristan Thompson, I mean, for all that I've said about Tristan Thompson when he was on the Cavs, that's a guy, that guy has had a lot of experience, you know, playing in uh, tons of championship you know, player. Moments, championship type of player, I guess. Yeah, like he's got, like, if you need a rebound, he'll get it for you. You know, like an offensive rebound. Remember that Bulls series? He was just killing us on the glass, the offensive rebounds. My goodness. And, you know, Lord knows, you know, you're going to need rebounds for one tier, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I think we can move on here. Um, so this is this is a tough one too because uh, I like Philly, but the Raptors, like like you said, you know, you never want to count them out. But I feel like the Raptors are kind of safely here at three. I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, I expect them to overperform, and so I'd be surprised if they go up to the two. Uh, I'm confident in who I think is going to be number one, and uh, you know, you can if you're listening, you can take your guess, uh, but. Yeah, the Raptors, man. Um, let me just say, I love the Aaron Baines pickup. Uh, you lost Paugus, or, or excuse me, Marcus Saul, but Aaron Baines is like one of the best role players in the NBA. He is uh, a, a rim protector. He's a shooter. He, uh, I don't know. I mean, he seems to fit what they do from a personnel standpoint too. Because this is a guy who was. Uh, obviously a, a Boston Celtics and thrived with Brad Stevens and kind of a similar situation offensively when you look at what Nick Nurse likes to do and what Brad Stevens likes to do. Uh, but there's nothing to sneeze at when you look at what he's bringing to that offense, a 35% three-point shooter. Uh, at this point, probably, like obviously Marcus Saul's the better player, you know, as far as like legacy goes. But at this point, I'd, almost rather have Aaron Baines if like I'm looking for a guy who can give me more minutes and um, I don't know seems like a good fit for uh, Milwaukee or I'm sorry for uh, for Toronto how old is Marcus Saul because now now I got myself thinking he must be in his mid-30s right maybe 36 35 okay yeah he's 35 Baines is 33 and so I guess I thought Baines was a little younger but I I don't know you Pascal Siakam is a defensive star. OG Ananobi is a defensive star. Norman Powell showed how valuable he can be on both ends, but another elite defender and then another elite defender in Kyle Lowry. And so I think they're going to win a lot of games by just not allowing other teams to score. They did lose Serge yeah, Ibaka um, and that, that kind of hurts. Yeah. 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 That one's also kind of a, because I thought Ibaka was kind of be kind of I, – I actually had a feeling, you know, since he won that championship, he was going to kind of be like a lifer there, like Lowry has been. Mm. But uh, just like, you know, just kind of retire there, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, no, like Ibaka wanted to move and play with Kawhi. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm really much looking forward to that from, from the Clippers. But, uh, yeah, it, it is kind of – it is a big loss because he's definitely like a leader. Uh, you know, Gasol is a great leader as well. So, you know. Like those are just two lovable guys. They just lose to, to the same city. You lose them to the same city. So I'm sure Raptors fans hate LA even more yeah. since they lost Kawhi there. Uh, 
So yeah, moving on to number two, the team that has uh, Paul Reed. By the way, well, let me Schre- just let me just plug uh, let me just plug OG Ananobi real quick because I think he's okay. actually primed for a breakout season. So um, you know he wasn't super healthy last year, uh, so he missed a little bit of time, uh, but or maybe he didn't. I don't know. He got sixty nine games in, but this dude's like ready. He, he shot 39% from three. He's one of the best uh, versatile defenders in the league. He's got an excellent frame, 6'7", 232. And, um, you know, who's going to step in, in the up in the absence of uh, Kawhi Leonard? Everyone talks about Pascal Siakam. I think the truth of the matter is it's going to be OG and Pascal. And so I'm looking for him to be that guy who kind of takes that next step up. You, you saw Fred Van Vliet really turn into kind of an all-star type player overnight uh, last season. So that's just the guy I want people to keep their eye on. I think OG Ananobi is primed for a breakout year uh, going into his 23rd year of age on planet earth. Okay. Next team. Yeah, no, I mean, th- th- I mean, that's a good, that's actually a good plug there because yeah, I know he got, he got a little bit better last season than, uh, also, you know, he made that game-winning three. You know, at the buzzer, that was actually that was awesome. I know that. Yeah, that, that was an awesome sick. moment last season. Uh, the Biodome, and also uh, the Raptors have a lot of wings, and they also have a guy Chris Boucher who's also pretty good. Yeah, uh, maybe they develop talent well, and that's going to uh, alleviate yeah. the loss of Ibaka because that's another like big who can shoot from the outside. And so Nick Nurse has his yeah. work cut out for him, but like I am just done doubting him. I'm never going to Oh, Raptors fans now. Like everything now is just gravy. You know, like if anything pans out to whatever they got going on now, it's just, uh, it's, I mean, like, I mean, they, they got their championships and now it's just like that. There's just still on the high, you know? Yeah. But yeah, Uh, next team, uh, Paul Reed from the DePaul blue demons is on this team. And uh, speaking of the Paul blue demons, you just watched Max Shrews yesterday. Uh, I, I, I was kind of following it on Twitter. I was very closely watching, uh, the Chicago bulls make a, they, they were down 19 going to the fourth quarter and the Billy Donovan show, baby. Well, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's the second best thing on television besides the Mandalorian right now. And it'll become the best huh. thing on television. Uh, once the regular season starts, maybe, um, but, <laughs> but I, I, I've been tracking it and I I've watched uh, some of his preseason and I hope he makes a team, man. And I think he will. Cause leave it to the Miami heat to find a diamond in the rough. Uh, but yeah, man, how about this? We're talking about DePaul players in the NBA on the, on an NBA podcast. Oh my God. It's beautiful. We got two guys in the league now. Three, 2020 man. We have Wilson Chandler's on. I don't know if he's still on. I don't, I don't know if he's still on the best team of this division, but I don't know. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it, it's just very, it, it's very exciting, you know? And, and now with like this talk of DePaul he possibly still there. being uh, pretty good in the, He's still there. Very, very great. Uh, wow, this is this is great. You know, uh, back-to-back teams in the top two <laughs> the division. Um, so yeah, like the Sixers, man. Like, not much to say here, but possibly if they make the move for the Matt Bader, I think they could be fighting for number one. But yeah. I don't think it's going to happen yet. Uh, Harden has a couple years on his deal, so that trade is not really. Uh, the Rockets don't even have to rush there, so. You know, we don't really need to talk about, you know, uh, Harden, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I brought him up. But, but you know, he, I, I will talk about the Sixers being that option. Well, honestly, I'm into it, right? Like, here, here was the issue last year, right? I think it was such a win-win trade for the Mavericks as well as the Sixers when it was essentially uh, Seth Curry 
uh, for Josh Richardson. I know there were some other uh, pieces involved there, but you know, that's, that's what you're going to see on the floor right away. And so looking at it right now, uh, Ben Simmons, you need shooting around him. And so you have like, everything is going to go through the pick and roll and the pick and pop with him and Joel Embiid as it should, but then you're surrounding him with all guys who can shoot 40 plus from three Tobias Harris, Danny green, Seth Curry, uh, shake Milton even had his moments last year. Frank, uh, Firkin Korkmaz, Firkin Korkmaz sounds like something you'd say when you're game winner against the Blazers. It sounds like something you'd say when you like stub your toe. Fucking Korkmaz, you know, <laughs> uh, Matisse Thibel, you know, uh, c- could be a defensive star in this league. And even like Dwight Howard, he's a perfect backup for Joel Embiid and another pick and roll option. Uh, but I think that they're going to be able to do a lot of fun stuff uh, with a one in four out. And the spacing is going to be the best it's been since you had. Uh, Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick. And frankly, I don't expect them to be as good as that incarnation of the Sixers, but uh, the combination of Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers, I I think that it's going to be an upgrade. And I think Brett Brown was a a Scooby-Doo imposter. I think you can, you can pull the mask off on him. Uh, I just felt like a lot of the times with the Sixers, the last few years, when I'd watched them at the end of the games, it seemed like they're, their offense kind of deteriorated and lost its identity late in games. And it would, it, it, I don't know. They lost a lot of games that they could have won. And it just came down to like, okay, what are you doing? Are we just taking turns now? Like don't abandon your identity now. Uh, and so I think the combination of having Maury, obviously they're going to look to, you know, get a little more analytic space there and that's going to work. Uh, Ben Simmons is going to have a ton to work with and a ton of space to operate in. And he's even someone who might start to shoot that three ball. Uh, But I'm into it, man. And Tobias Harris, like, I don't know how I feel about this now, but I was saying keep him over uh, Jimmy Butler at the time. And I, uh, obviously Jimmy Butler is the better player, but Tobias Harris is a nice fit on that team. And he was a much better three-point shooter. And uh, this guy shot 37% from three last year. And that's super important to have uh, when you have Joel Embiid out there, who's not necessarily a great shooter, but everything's got to be through him. And um, Ron Artest, I saw on Twitter today, a uh, friend of the program as he came on our uh, Christmas album uh, for his soliloquy. Uh, yeah. But you know, Ron Artest said Joel Embiid is his pick for MVP this year. Like, why not? I don't think so. He's not my pick, but that's the caliber player yeah. you're talking about. Well, it depends. I mean, because, I mean, you, first of all, you have to be a top two seed and you have to have, I mean, if Embiid, I mean, yeah, he is the best player on that team. So you got to have a top two seed basically in the conference. And basically you got to be, like, I could see Embiid be more of a defensive player of the year type more than an MVP. Okay. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, Embiid certainly, he definitely has like the talent to do something like that, but I don't know. He, I, it, because it depends on how many games. Cause too, he, he seems to miss a lot of games here and there. Yeah. The most games he's ever played is 64. He played 51 last year. We can't really, I don't know what percentage of their, that games or their games. Trust, that is. I, have owned, I own the student fantasy the last season. I had the 12th pick. I had to get Embiid, and uh, you know it was fine. It was it was kind of a double edged sword though because you you would be playing some games and he'd have some great games, 
And then he'd be out, you know, a few games and he'd be like, oh, my God, I really could have used him. And then some days he'd have a great game and he'd be like, oh, my God, he's on my bench. Why? You know, like one of those guys I'd rather have in real life than fantasy. That's for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Even I take him even in the the 2K, my the association mode thing, you know, he'll always be healthy. Right. Uh, if you turn off injuries, I don't know what his rating is. But even, I mean, like, I guess even, I guess, you know, again, I'm playing the older ones. But even when, you know, in the older ones, you know, I guess they don't really do the uh, injuries. They don't go crazy on that. You know, sometimes you'll get a moment where you'll play a guy throughout the whole season. And it's like, oh, Clay Thompson, you know, your number two scorer has torn his ACL and he's out for a year. So, uh, great. Oh, I'll tell you what, what I had happened? a a 2k uh situation this past year where i like was the denver nuggets and i uh, went a year into the future and um <laughs> i i don't know if this is what how the game was designed or just a sick and twisted uh irony but michael porter jr broke his leg twice in the same season so oh, i don't even know yeah how you do know, you break your leg twice in the same me. season that reminds me of when you play uh fifa and you make your my player dude and like you start to play games, and once you get to like the cup games, the Champions League, the ones that really matter that you save your guy for, he gets hurt at the end of the game or something like that. You know, I, I've like never a played. Situation. It's like a Derrick Rose situation where you're winning like six to one, and then you get hurt in the 90th minute because you're because you're too tired. And so oh, like your guys that's tired tragic. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. You know what? So Derrick Rose would be a great fit on the Sixers. Yes, he would be, but I, I would think that he would. Uh, I would hope. I want him personally, selfishly, to go on the LA Clippers. Interesting. He's gonna be a, on a contender by the end of the year. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. I mean, he's, he certainly earns to go back. You know, back there. I mean, I feel like you know, even I know things ended horribly with the Cavaliers, but they they kind of could have used like his kind of like talent. You know, it's kind of like isolation kind of scoring you know uh that year where when they were it was lebron and, and company versus the warrior uh, the super stack warriors yeah. but yeah man but he uh, also kind of I, like, I do not want to talk I, I was just gonna say he almost I know what you mean yeah that I, was the year he like almost retired right 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 he he was like really thinking about like leaving yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, that was a very you know because you know he talked about playing with lebron and stuff like that and he's like it's really weird because he's one of my rivals and i was honestly like watching some Cavs games because i want to see how he was doing obviously to see the greatest lebron too um so you know i, I really wanted that to work lebron and Derek rose because i would have been like oh now he's on lebron's team and everyone's gonna love him but then i realized i was like wait a minute uh lebron teams it, it's it, that's the that's the other double-edged sword you know like you he gets all the credit when he wins and then you get all the blame when you lose you know um anyways this last team, the number one team, I honestly do not want to spend a lot of time talking about because everyone's talking about them. So, uh, and it's very self-explanatory why we make them number one because they are just that Loaded. fucking amazing. Yeah, they could win the championship. Yeah, yeah, like they, their guys, the two Ks, looking pretty good, man. Again, and I know it's preseason, but. Um, like they kind of like I know they had that game against the Wizards or whatever, and that came down to like the final seconds. But when they're on the court, you know, the two Ks with the other uh, Wizards on the court, you know, like they're I guess it was their second unit. They really took care of business. So it was like eighty-one to like thirty-five or whatever. You know, they really took care of business there. So you know, like those wouldn't I wouldn't I don't know if I'd expect them to lose or make it that close those kind of games, but you never know. 
but they kind of have a similar roster to last year where they made it to the, you know, uh, the playoffs and everything. Kyrie didn't play in the playoffs and, you know, obviously Kevin Durant, you know, coming back. And that was kind of like a weird talking point. People were talking about like, Oh, maybe he can come back, but no, like I didn't want to waste my time with that kind of stuff because it just be like, it's all about this year for Brooklyn. Well, I mean, obviously there's a lot to say about Kevin Durant and uh, Kyrie Irving, but Spencer Dinwiddie averaged 21 points per game last year. And uh, yeah, he, he can play either guard position. Uh, Karis Levert is also. Uh, a... That's the problem. Why I have people. That's why I have a problem with people who are talking about this. You know, Harden. They're pushing this Harden thing for the Brooklyn because I'm like, first of all, Brooklyn's offer isn't even that great, and also they should keep Karis Levert. And yeah. Well, Levert, you know, he's 19 points a game, 36, percent and uh, really can play one through three, and uh, and much like Dinwiddie, you have like these because Dinwiddie is six five, and. Um, very versatile, very wiry, uh, Levert six, six. And so you have like these big athletic scoring guards and, uh, Dinwiddie isn't a great shooter, but like good enough, you can't leave him. And then, um, you don't need much around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, but obviously like that's a luxury to have that. And then you look down in the post and you have Jared Allen, who's one of the quickest centers in the NBA and a versatile defender. They're going to be able to use him when they need to and Deandre Jordan. And so it's like, pick your poison there. Uh, and I think it, it provides a lot of lineup versatility. And I actually think Steve Nash is going to be a pretty good coach. I think that the perfect assistant for him is going to be Mike D'Antoni. And the number one thing I'm looking at going into this year is I think we're going to see Kevin Durant used. I mean, Steve Kerr did a very good job of using him creatively. And I think that um, they're going to get continue to get more and more outside the box. He looks healthy. The Achilles looks healthy. And I expect him, as they said, to play one through five. And I think that the Nets are going to, be just maybe and not just because of you know Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving you know being superstars but just like well I guess yeah because of that but everything else too they're going to be one of the hardest teams to match up with in the league because of how interchangeable they're going to be able to run like there's going to be times I think where you could have Kevin Durant at center Joe Harris at small or, or at power forward, Karis Levert at small forward, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie at shooting guard, and Kyrie Irving at point guard. And essentially, you have five guards without like missing much size. You're yeah. going to be able to, it's going to be mad scientist level crazy in Brooklyn. And I think that Dan Tony is the perfect uh, guy to kind of be the training wheels for Steve Nash, who's going to wind up being a good coach in this league. Yeah, they're definitely must-see TV, not to mention they got Wilson Chandler, another DePaul Blue Demon, and Sarah Kustak, the announcer, Ooh. a DePaul Blue Demon. Doug Bruno. Doug Bruno's army. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you bring Doug Bruno in, they'd win the championship, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like, well, especially if he's – even if he's an assistant, you know, that's a gold medalist there. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, uh, but, yeah, everyone knows they're going to be good. Um, the question is how good can they go to the, are, are we, we aren't really doing any 
playoff finals predictions, predictions yet, but let's yeah. so let's add the caveat unofficially unofficially is this your team to go out of the east yes i would love to see this team i would love to see this team come out of the east my goodness all the people talking all all season how they can't wait to see this blow up and fail and stuff like that them going to themselves them going on a fuck you tour would be great and people would be like oh my god 2021 sucks oh my god it's worse than 2020 you know and you know and then the nets are gonna make the finals and they're gonna be playing against like the the rockets or some shit you know by chance randomly you know uh i can't wait man i they're musty tv and ian eagle is the best announcer in the nba i do enjoy ian eagle he does good nfl stuff too he's just a good announcer Um, he, he was on the Woj pod and stuff like that. And I think on the Levitard show too, he was a very funny guy. Honestly, like when I look at the East, you know, from the top up, top down, whatever. I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like the only team. Like it, 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 yeah, you think like it's Brooklyn's for the taking, you know, that's what you're thinking, right? Kind of. I think that I, Miami Heat. I think that like I don't know. That's why true. Yeah. Stop man, taking the heat yeah. seriously. That, that's a damn good Eastern Conference, man. Yeah, but I I think that the the two best teams in the conference are the Heat and the Nets, and uh, the Heat are the only team that I look at that I think could really really give them a test, and I don't know who wins in a seven game series there, and the reason being uh, roster construction for the Heat too, because you know you look at the Brooklyn Nets and. Okay, what are you gonna do? Well, you're gonna you're gonna put Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio at, at, at different times or Andrea Gudala at different times on Kevin Durant. You're gonna give him different looks. How are you gonna match the shooting? Well, you're gonna have Duncan Robinson and uh Tyler Hero. Uh you're going to be able to uh, have have that de- defensive versatility. You're not gonna be able to get eaten alive with DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen. Basically, and the Heat do such a good job at guarding the perimeter. And so basically, I think all the things that the Nets are going to be able to do to torture their opponents, the Heat are going to have some sort of an answer for. Uh, it's not going to be – it's going to be how do we slow this t- team down, not necessarily how do we stop this team because there's no stopping this talent when you have uh, arguably the best pure scorer of all time. Like you have, you have a – like I've seen Kevin Durant – listed from anywhere to like six, nine to six eleven, right. Throughout his career. Yeah. But he is the lengthiest scorer I have ever seen. And he's a nightmare to guard. And Kyrie Irving is an unbelievable ball handler and he will break your ankles and they have so much depth. The heat are the only team that I feel like have the firepower, no pun intended uh, to actually contend with them. And uh, the toughness too, because I, I think that the Heat have uh, better character. I the w- the one thing I see with this Nets team is I see potential for some uh, locker room issues. Frankly, you have some big egos. All right, uh, I I don't know what to think of Kyrie Irving. I don't have an issue with the Sage thing. I don't I don't know if you saw that. I think there's nothing wrong with burning Sage. Uh, he's trying to clear bad energy. Clearly has some hurt feelings about Boston, uh, but he's an interesting guy. And he doesn't always get along with his teammates. And there's been times in his career when his feelings have gotten pretty hurt. And you see a representation of that with the the Sage practice, right? Uh, and then you, the same can be said for Kevin Durant. So I, I'm wondering about the uh, 
how well these guys can get along, especially if they're faced with adversity. And then when you look at a team like the Miami heat, they're, they're gelling, you know what I mean? That's a team that's like already has turned the corner as far as chemistry goes. And so, um, I don't know, it's going to be very interesting, but just purely on paper, there is not a scarier offensive team in the East and maybe not a scarier offensive team in the NBA. Then you start talking about, you know, the Lakers, but it doesn't get much scarier than what the Brooklyn Nets can do to you with their scores. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the, the Sage thing. Uh, I think Kyrie, he does, I think his mother is like native American or something like that. So he, he kind of grew up, uh, he's trying to reconnect with his native American uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, that's what I've noticed. Cause you know, he was talking about that thing about Thanksgiving and stuff like that. And he was also talking about, uh, he, he, he was with the standing rock. Wow. Yeah. Standing uh, rock. That's incredible. Yeah. So he, he, he was given a name and I wish basketball reference would put this in his nickname. Little mountain is his name. Uh, wow, that's really within cool. that tribe, Little Mountain. Yeah, uh, that was I think in 2018. Uh, but yeah, he seems to be wanting to go back to like a you know he I guess he wants to learn more. I guess that that's what I that's what I took out of that. I guess you know he, he wanted to learn more a couple of years ago, and you know he's been trying to you know he's been he seems to be doing work with them. I guess you know he's also donated to his tribe. That's too, awesome. Honestly, like that. I think that um, the Native American community is one that we uh, all need to be a little more considerate. Of, uh, of course, yes, you know. yeah. I mean, like it, it's. Uh, I mean, you talk about you know a, a group that's just been you know the most marginalized. You know, people always talking about Happy Thanksgiving. You know, so thankful for this and that. But it's also just like you know, you guys should be very thankful for, for the for the Native Americans yeah. who uh, you know you guys totally slaughtered um, yeah. and you guys took over. But anyways, um, yeah, man, like I, I agree because you know. In it's a, a very rich basketball community, I want to say about the Native Americans. Yeah, too. I got yeah, to cover a lot of and hockey. They're into hockey too, you know, like uh, uh, up in Canada, you know, like they have like their hockey thing and basketball too. I, I imagine. Yeah, you know, I, I, I covered I, a ton of reservation ball in Montana, and it was great. it was super fun. That's Run awesome. and gun. It was like uh, there there were some really good teams. Shout out to Rocky Boy uh, and Hart Butte out there in uh, central northern uh, central Montana. Two of my favorite teams to cover out there. I feel like uh, the Sixers could also give uh, the Nets uh, some trouble, but uh, not as bad as the Heat, like you were mentioning. But, you know, the Sixers might be a decent, you know, look yeah, at them true. too. true. But, Especially when they get Derrick Rose. <laughs> absolutely. But that's pretty much all I have for this episode. Uh, you know, I didn't want to talk too much Nets uh, other than Iron Eagle's greatness. And um, <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it uh, for the Atlantic Division. We'll do the Northwest sometime soon. Absolutely. And as always, you know, check out our guy, uh, the Wax Cowboy, Evan Butris. He's on Instagram. If you're looking to get some awesome graphic design work like we have, uh, he's your guy. And so uh, give, him, give him a check. And uh, yeah, man, fun show. Thanks for listening.